Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name is Wayne, and I'm a park ranger stationed at Yellowstone National Park. With its breathtaking landscapes and diverse wildlife, it has always been a place of wonder and beauty. But little did I know that deep within its remote sections, an ancient secret awaited me. One day, while exploring a secluded area of the park, I stumbled upon an entrance concealed amidst the towering trees. Curiosity got the better of me, and I couldn't resist the urge to investigate further. With my flashlight in hand, I descended into the unknown depths of the hidden underground tunnels. As I ventured deeper, a chilling sensation crept up my spine. The air grew stale, and the tunnel walls seemed to whisper ancient secrets. It was then that I caught sight of them creatures unlike anything I had ever seen. They were ancient beings, dormant for centuries, waiting for an unsuspecting soul to disturb their slumber. Before I could even comprehend the gravity of the situation, I accidentally stepped on a brittle piece of wood, causing a loud crackle to reverberate through the tunnels. Suddenly, the creatures stirred from their sleep, their eyes glowing with an eerie intensity. 
Fear gripped my heart as I realized the danger I had awakened. I knew I had to escape and warn others, but communication was futile in the underground labyrinth. Fending off the relentless attacks of the awakened creatures, I relied on my rifle to take them down one by one. Finally battered and exhausted, I managed to find an exit and emerged into the daylight. My first instinct was to report the terrifying ordeal to my superiors, to seek help in containing this ancient menace. However, as I reached for my radio, a sense of foreboding fell upon me. Seconds turned into minutes, and there was no response from the other end of the line. Just when despair threatened to engulf me, an unfamiliar vehicle pulled up beside me. Two men dressed in black stepped out, their serious expressions betraying no emotion. They motioned for me to get into the vehicle, their presence both mysterious and unsettling. Their words pierced through the silence as they informed me that my encounter was no accident. They revealed the staggering truth. The park was home to over 500 species of these ancient creatures lurking beneath the surface. With a stern warning to keep silent about what I had witnessed, they whisked me away, leaving me to grapple with the unimaginable. The realization that there was an intricate web of secrets and conspiracies surrounding Yellowstone National Park shook me to my core. Now, burdened with the knowledge of the creatures that dwell within the park's depths, I must navigate a treacherous path. I have become a guardian of a hidden truth, forever vigilant in protecting both the park and those who wander within its borders. For if these ancient creatures were to rise, unchecked, untold chaos and devastation would befall the unsuspecting world above. In May 2009, I had just broken up with my girlfriend of almost three years. We had moved from Calgary to Toronto and were still stuck living together after the breakup as we didn't know many people in the city yet. Needless to say, the situation was pretty stressful and upsetting. So when a buddy I was going to school with at the time suggested a weekend camping fishing trip, I jumped at the chance. He grew up in an area about an hour outside of Toronto called Flamborough. It's really beautiful. Loads of lush forest, farmers, fields, and small rivers and creeks. We decided to camp and fish along a creek called Grindstone Creek. It's close to some wetlands, and the fishing is supposed to be great. We ended up setting up our camp in what was probably a farmer's field. I'm guessing it was trespassing on our part. Bordered by a gorgeous forest. We spent the evening fishing, shooting the shit, and drinking some quality craft beers. As it got darker, we made a little fire and roasted potatoes and hot dogs. All in all, it was a really good night. We turned in just after midnight. We shared a tent. My buddy fell asleep before me, and I stayed up playing on my phone until probably around 1.30. I must have drifted off, because the next thing I remember was being woken up by a high-pitched, ipping-type noise. I was kind of groggy, and it took me a moment to fully wake up. The yipping was incessant, and it sounded like a weird coyote. I laid there for a moment listening and then started playing on my phone again. The noise was annoying as hell. I tried ignoring it, but it sounded like it was getting closer. Finally, it sounded like it had to be no more than ten feet from the tent. At this point, I was getting a little unsettled. 
I had seen coyotes in Calgary before, and I thought of them as pretty harmless. They never looked much bigger than a smallish dog. But what if this one was rabid or something? What if it could smell our food? I have a pretty bad anxiety disorder, so I'm prone to worrying about these types of things. I nudged my buddy to see if he was awake. And he was. The noise woke him up, too. We discussed what to do about the coyote, as we hadn't brought anything to scare off critters. Not a big gun. Nothing. Finally, he decided he would shine the flashlight on it and holler a lot, hopefully scaring him off. He unzipped the tent, and I watched him pointing the flashlight out into the darkness. I'll never forget what happened next. His legs suddenly went all wobbly, and he sort of stumbled backwards into the tent. He had a really dumbfounded look on his face when he looked at me and babbled, It's not a coyote. It's a dude. It's some weird dude. Normally I would have thought he was messing with me. I'm a huge wimp and scare easily. I won't even watch horror movies. But I've never seen someone look that scared, and I never want to see that expression on someone's face again. So I knew he wasn't pulling my leg. The weird yipping and howling type noises were still going on, and it retrospect. It really didn't sound like a coyote, but I guess in our groggy states it was a way for our brains to make sense of it. Anyways, he kept telling me just to look out the tent flap to make sure he's not crazy. At this point, I was having a full-blown anxiety attack. My heart was racing. I felt like shit, but I had to look. So I slowly peeked out the flap and waited for my eyes to adjust, and that's when I saw him. He was standing only a few arm's lengths away from the tent. He was swaying a little and wearing a baseball cap. What made it awful, though... What was really creepy was that he was wearing women's lingerie. That's when I knew there was most likely something very wrong with this guy if the making high-pitched noises at a stranger's tent in the middle of the night didn't give it away. After I pulled my head back inside the tent, my buddy and I discussed what to do. Finally, we decided to yell at the guy to F off. My buddy started yelling, excuse me, can you F off? We're trying to sleep in here. The noise stopped. It was dead silent, and that's when we heard footsteps running towards our tent. They stopped right outside the tent, but we didn't waste any time. We started yelling again, seriously off. We have cell phones in here. If you don't fall, we're going to call the cops. With that, we heard him walk by the tent and head off. Sounded like he was moving towards the road. Needless to say, we laid awake, petrified, until the first sign of sunlight. Then we hightailed it the hell out of there. We discussed our experience on the way home and were both pretty embarrassed about how scared we got. It definitely was not manly on either of our parts. I think because we were both ashamed of how we let some weirdo freak us out so much, we really haven't ever talked about it since that day. So there you go. There's my weird story. I'll always wonder what the hell that guy was doing out there or what was wrong with him. Sometimes I wonder if things would have turned out differently if we were a couple girls. I'm not saying he was some serial killer, but seemed like he was testing who was in the tent. Guess I'll never know. And for that, I'm kind of glad. I'm not really into the paranormal, but I had an experience about ten years ago that I've never been able to explain. I want to ask this forum's opinion. It was fall of 2006 or 2007. 
I was making the two-hour drive home from university along rural county roads in northern Minnesota. The roads along this route are paved and ditches are well-maintained. The land just off the right-of-way is forested. For anybody curious, this was on County Road 58 near Two Inlets, Minnesota. I was in a section of roadway with nice long winding turns. Very fun driving. It was just dark enough at this time to need headlights to see. As I came around one of these winding turns, the beam of my headlights caught a humanoid figure standing in the long grass in the ditch, maybe 50 feet in front of my car. As my car turned and my lights shone on it, the thing strode gracefully but quickly the twenty or thirty feet into the woods just off the right. Of way, this thing was at least seven feet tall, taller than a normal man, but standing naturally erect, definitely not an animal on its hind legs. It was gray with no hair and very thin, thin enough to see joints. Similar from what I could tell from a stereotypical gray alien type figure, it walked so quickly and gracefully I've never seen anything like it. Wildlife typical to that area are bear, deer, rabbits, the occasional wolf, but I can't think of anything that explains what I saw. After I saw the thing, I contemplated turning the car around to have another look or maybe find some tracks, but I was in full-on freak-out mode, so I just kept driving. I was pretty shaken up when I made it home. Does this forum have any ideas what I might have seen? or imagined that I saw. I'll state for the record that I am a Christian, and I've tended to wonder if I saw some kind of demon or evil spirit. From the feeling it gave me, I certainly don't feel like I saw an angel. Okay, so I'm really happy to share this experience. My family and friends know all about this, but I've never shared it with anyone who may have experienced the same or similar. This happened when I was 11 or 12, around 2005, 2006-ish, in Semiro, Arkansas. The house we lived in sat on about an acre of land. It was a small house, so it was basically nestled in the corner. To the right of the house was a huge wooded area, and to the left was the rest of our land and then a dirt road. Our land was flat and bare, aside from a few dinky trees. This wooded area was pretty big and went back a few miles, but it was private property, and there was actually an abandoned slaughterhouse and the remnants of a burned-down house that were visible from our house. This isn't particularly relevant, but the place was just odd in general. It just felt mystical. It's special, and I've had a few odd experiences there. Anyways, my encounter happened one spring evening. I was in sixth grade. I was angsty and was mad at my parents for some reason, so I went out to blow off some steam on our trampoline. The trampoline sat sort of in the middle of our land, closer to the dirt road than the woods. The sky looked breathtaking out where we were, and the moon was big and beautiful and bright that night. So I'm laying on the trampoline. And other than the moon, there isn't any light aside from the porch light, which is ways behind me. All of a sudden, I vaguely see something move. It's coming from the lot, across from the dirt road, and it's coming towards me. We had a Boston Terrier at the time, and at first I figured it was him. But as it got closer, I knew that's not what it was. It was sickly pale, 
It walked on all fours with its hands, but seemed to be able to walk upright. It's kind of galloping towards me on all fours, and it's a little bit of ways at this point, but getting closer. The light bounced off of its skin, and it almost seemed to look wet. Its gait and color is pretty clear to me, but I don't remember anything distinct about its face except that it just seems to be whitewashed to me. It's happening so fast, and now it is right near me still running, and then I can't see it. It's under the trampoline, and then I feel it. I feel it push up on the trampoline. I didn't even bother to look back as I ran to the house. I don't remember my thought process at all past that point. But my mom has told me that I came in the house hollering and absolutely terrified. I've thought about this consistently over the years, and as I've gotten older, I've seen stories of similar creatures. I used to describe it as looking like Gollum from the LOTR, and then in 2008 or so, I saw an article with the Louisiana hunting cam creature, and I would say that is strikingly similar to what I saw. I think of the creature kind of fondly in a way. It would never have occurred to me at the time, but it almost had a playful vibe to it. And it makes me sad to think that it's just some lonely but semi-intelligent creature. Maybe a grotesque experiment or some off-kilter evolutionary line. I don't think that's impossible. I guess I like to let my imagination run wild with it, though. I will always be curious about this and the place in general. Thanks for reading. My husband and I were driving around some BLM land in southern Utah trying to find a place to camp for the night. We got to the end of the road and found a spot to pull off and set up camp. It was an old homestead, so we went up to check it out before setting up camp. To our surprise, there was a car parked near the cabins, but not a single person in sight. The homestead was at the base of some mountains and valleys. There were no trails for these people to be on. Plus... The lights in the car were all on. We thought maybe they had just gone off exploring, so we headed back to our truck. On the way back, our dogs ran down to the creek bed, so went after them. In the dry creek bed was a tarp or tent wrapped up and held down with some rocks. Our dogs were super interested in what was under there, and we were definitely not. We got them out of the creek bed and into the truck and drove far away to camp for the night. I hope it was just a weird coincidence and the people were just on a hike. But they still probably came back to a dead better. I've been a hunter for as long as I can remember, and I've seen some pretty strange things in my time out in the woods. This happened to me and my buddies in the Redwood Forest last summer. You see... We'd been hearing these crazy stories about people disappearing in the area, and some locals even claimed they'd seen a Sasquatch lurking around. We were a group of experienced hunters and figured we could get to the bottom of the mystery. Plus, the idea of bagging a Sasquatch was too tempting to pass up. So, our group of five set out on a weekend expedition deep into the remote redwood forest. The first day was pretty uneventful. We set up camp near a small creek and spent the evening trading stories around the campfire, laughing off the idea of a Sasquatch being responsible for the recent disappearances. But as we journeyed deeper into the woods on the second day, we started finding some truly disturbing evidence. 
we came across a deer carcass, its body torn apart as if by some massive beast. And then there were the enormous footprints, unlike anything we'd ever seen before. The deeper we went, the more uneasy we became. We pressed on, determined to uncover the truth behind the sightings and disappearances. That's when we heard the blood-curdling scream. It was Tom, one of our most seasoned hunters. We raced towards the source of the sound, hearts pounding and the guns at the ready. We arrived just in time to see the Sasquatch, its massive, hairy form towering over Tom's lifeless body. It stared at us with its piercing yellow eyes, then let out a guttural roar before disappearing into the dense forest. We were in shock. We'd found the Sasquatch, but at what cost? Our friend was dead, his body mangled almost beyond recognition. We carefully picked up Tom's remains and decided to give up on our hunt. We need to get out of the forest and alert the authorities. As we made our way back to civilization, I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. The Sasquatch had turned the tables on us. We were no longer the hunters. We were the hunted. We managed to make it out of the forest, but we were forever changed by the experience. We knew the truth about what was lurking in the redwood forest, but we also knew that some things were better left alone. We never spoke of our encounter again. So if you ever find yourself in the redwood forest and you hear stories of a Sasquatch, don't go looking for it. You might just find yourself caught in a deadly game of cat and mouse and you won't like how the game ends. This story happened about a year ago. Me and my sister went outside while my dad was out with friends. It was pretty dark outside, and my sister wanted to practice her color guard. But anyway, my sis went out into the driveway, and I was at the door. My dogs were near us, but they weren't acting weird at all. Then, after a few minutes later, we hear a hay that sounded like my dad, but my dad wasn't there. Then, out of nowhere, my dogs started growling at the backyard. Me and my sister ran inside. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I didn't close the door with my dog still outside. Then my dog started barking for a few minutes. Then the barking stopped. After about 20 minutes, if trying to calm down, I let the dogs back in. Ever since then, they haven't felt like my dogs. I used to feel okay around them and safe. Now, I feel uneasy and scared around them. I don't know what happened that night, but something changed. My dogs aren't the same. Hey, 24 male? I've been backpacking my whole life and am very comfortable in secluded places. About a year ago, I went on a two-night trip with some friends in the southwestern U.S. We arrived at the trailhead late afternoon and decided to camp about one quarter mile up the trail at a small area with three tent sites. Next to our site was a barren stream with a small hill. At the top, you could see the silhouette of a little cottage. 
After getting set up and eating dinner, we cracked a few cold ones and sat around the fire as per usual. A little time passed and we hear some activity coming from where the cabin is. At first it was just the chatter of voices, but soon changed into some sort of group laughter, almost as a chant. It was a very forced laugh with several people in unison, which lasted maybe five, ten seconds. Pause. And again, at first we assumed someone cracked a good joke at the cabin, but after thirty minutes or so it became very weird. At this point, it is quite late, probably around eleven p.m., and we decided we had to find out what was going on. We crept across the barren river and up the hill almost to the crest, where we peered over. We were able to make out about twenty people sitting in a circle, laughing in rhythm with one another. I want to make it clear it was a very creepy laugh, not the natural type, more of a hue. <clears throat> Anyways, we head back to our site and write it off as some weird shit, but probably nothing to be worried about. Before sleeping, we went down to where we parked and sparked up a joint. Out from the woods comes two guys, seemingly from the direction the cabin was in. One of my friends goes, Hey, were you guys at the cabin up there? And the individuals respond, Yes. My friend continues, What were you guys doing up there? And the guy responds, It was a Native American celebration for the full moon. It was not a full moon. Finally, my friend asks, How do you get involved with that? And the guy responds, You can sign up online. It only costs $50 and includes a dinner. The two individuals drove off, and we returned to our campsite, laughing about the whole situation. All in all, it was definitely a bit strange, but nothing serious. Also, I took a video of the laughter when we approached. If people want to check it out, let me know, and I'll attach it to this post. I'm a truck driver, and I was heading east on I-80 up through to Illinois. I had stayed the night. Well... The afternoon and this morning to get some sleep and I got a fresh eight hours of sleep and I just got on the road. It was about dusk and the sun was just about to set. And I was driving and I seen a figure just ahead of me on I-80 and it was right on the side of the road. When I say right on the side of the road, I don't mean in the grass. Its toes were right on the white line. I slowed down a little bit to kind of see what was going on there and maybe avoid it. When I got about 50 yards from I got down to about 50 miles per hour, and I could see it clear. I had my brights on and everything. It was a man. Well, it looked like a man about maybe 5 feet 9 or 5 feet 10. Couldn't have been more than 100 pounds soaking wet. And when I got up to him, he looked at me, and George, I kid you not, he had no eyes, no mouth, no nostrils. There was no orifice on his face. He was pale white no hair, no features whatsoever. There was a, it looked like a skeleton with bleached white skin. He was just kind of standing there looking right at me. I slowed down and as soon as I seen his face he looked up at me. Boy, I flipped the hammer down from Illinois all the way to Chicago. I never looked back. My blood ran cold. My hair stood up. I was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. So I dated someone who owned a cadaver dog. Basically, they can find dead bodies. It was a new term to me when I met them. Anyways, they explained that they worked with rescue teams. 
We live in wilderness country. Dog's job was to sniff out bodies for people who might have gotten lost and died, buried under avalanches, etc. After five months of dating, my now ex asked if I could house dog sit. Was more than happy too. Great dog. Would be dog sitting for two weeks while they visited family. I was warned it has happened on hikes before that the dog picks up the scent of a corpse and gave me the steps to follow if it happened. First couple of days, pretty uneventful. Then one day the dog is dragging me down this trail and I am panicking because I was like, oh shoot, am I going to see a dead body? But the dog stops at this very stern woman, just sauntering along. It keeps looking back and forth between me and the woman. She gives me a quick, your dog isn't well trained, he keeps dog. I had to drag him away. It happens with this same woman a few more times. So I called the owner to bring it up. I described the woman and my ex as so shocked and confused. Not familiar with the woman, fast forward to my last night dog sitting. I was going to bed and had this horrific nightmare of being held down in the bed by the woman. I hear a bark and wake up. The dog is standing next to me on the bed in its alert position, staring at the bed. I didn't get any sleep. Never got an answer. The wind howled through the trees as we ventured deeper into the heart of the remote national park. As an experienced park ranger, I was no stranger to the beauty and mystery of the wilderness, but this expedition was different. My fellow campers and I were about to stumble upon a hidden valley, steeped in ancient Native American legends and supernatural terror. The valley was shrouded in an eerie silence, as if time itself had come to a halt. We soon learned from a tattered journal we discovered in an abandoned cabin that this was the fabled resting place of ancient warriors whose spirits were said to roam the land, protecting it from intruders. We should turn back then. The curiosity drove us forward, sealing our fate. As the sun dipped below the horizon, casting sinister shadows across the valley, we began to sense that we were not alone. A primordial fear took root in our hearts as we were stalked by an unknown predator that took the form of an enormous supernatural wolf. Its glowing eyes pierced the darkness, and its chilling howls sent shivers down our spines. We were forced to confront a horrifying truth. The spirit, wolf, fed on our fear, and it possessed the power to control the minds of its victims. One by one, our group was tormented by their deepest, darkest fears, leaving us vulnerable and on the brink of madness. We had to escape the valley, but how could we flee from an enemy that lived within our very minds? Desperate for answers, we searched the abandoned cabin and stumbled upon a collection of ancient scrolls that held the key to our salvation. These scrolls contained the wisdom of the Native American tribes who once inhabited the land and were well, acquainted with the spirit, wolf's cunning nature. They knew that the only way to defeat the beast was to face our fears and stand united. For the spirit, wolf thrived on isolation and despair. As the spirit, wolf's howls echoed through the night, we huddled together and shared our deepest fears vowing to protect and support one another in the face of this supernatural adversary. We embraced the ancient wisdom of the Native American tribes as it was our only hope of survival. With renewed strength, we confronted the spirit, 
wolf at the heart of the valley. As we stood together, unyielding in our resolve, the beast's power over our minds began to weaken. The once menacing creature snarled and retreated, its glowing eyes fading into darkness. The spirits of the ancient warriors had guided us, and we were victorious. As we left the valley, the sun rose over the horizon, casting a warm golden light on the landscape. The suffocating darkness had been replaced with a renewed sense of hope and unity. We had faced our deepest fears and emerged stronger, bound by the powerful lessons we had learned from the ancient wisdom of the Native American tribes. One night I was out walking my dog. That night was only me and my brother at the house for the record. Of course, it being night, I carry an airsoft pistol, Walther PPQ on me just in case like that's going to do anything. So it's about seven-ish minutes in when we hear a whop-whop noise. It doesn't sound like no dog or human or any animal for that matter. As soon as we heard this, we ran inside. Of course, the our dog follows. We lock all door and load our BB guns and hide in my brother's room. Wondering what just happened. We didn't tell our mom as we thought she would have thought we were crazy. This encounter happened a few months ago, rewind about a week and a half prior to now. My mom heard the same noise and said, Did you hear that in the bamboo? No tea, I live in Ohio in a suburb. We told her what we heard. We haven't heard it since I'll keep you all updated on this. I remember the day we received the call. My name is Alex, a seasoned police officer, and together with National Guard Sergeant Ramirez, we were chosen to lead a team of skilled officers and soldiers into a remote forest. Our mission was simple. Capture or kill the dangerous predator that had been terrorizing hikers and campers. Little did we know the horror that awaited us. As we ventured deeper into the woods, a sense of unease settled over our group. We soon realized that we were not only facing a cunning and lethal adversary, but also an unknown entity that seemed to be manipulating the environment against us. Trees swayed menacingly, shadows danced in our peripheral vision, and chilling whispers filled the air. We knew we were dealing with something far beyond our understanding. Our team encountered a series of terrifying incidents that revealed the predator's true nature, a supernatural being born from the shadows of the forest, feeding off the fear of its victims. As our group's ranks were picked off one by one, Ramirez and I began to understand the predator's sinister game. It was not only hunting us, but also luring us deeper into the woods where an ancient evil awaited. We knew we had to act fast. Rallying our remaining forces, Ramirez and I led our team further into the heart of darkness, determined to confront the unknown predator and put an end to its reign of terror. But as we pressed on, the haunting memories of our past traumas threatened to overwhelm us and we knew we had to face our own fears if we were to survive this deadly game. As the final confrontation approached, we uncovered the dark truth behind the creature's origins and its connection to the land. This supernatural predator was a harbinger of a much greater ancient evil, one that had been awakened by the creature's presence. We knew we had to face this abomination, even if it meant risking everything. Our team fought with every ounce of courage and determination we could muster, 
battling not only the predator but also the primal force that had been unleashed upon the world. Amidst the chaos and destruction, Ramirez and I found strength in each other, pushing ourselves beyond our limits to protect our team and ensure the survival of countless innocent lives. In the end, we emerged victorious, vanquishing the ancient evil and sending the predator back into the shadows from whence it came. Our mission was complete, but the scars we bore would serve as a constant reminder of the horrors we had faced. As we returned to our daily lives, Ramirez and I vowed to never forget the lessons we had learned in that remote forest. We knew we had faced the unthinkable and had emerged stronger for it. And though the world may never know the full extent of our battle, we took solace in the knowledge that we had confronted the darkness and lived to tell the tale. My name is Gabriel Santos Cabral. I am twenty years old now, and my encounter happened when I was six years old, turning seven. Back then, my family and I lived in a country stead, in Londrina, Piranha, Brazil. It wasn't a rural property. It was more like a country summer house, but in the city. The property was just outside the suburbs, in the northwestern part of the city, edging the city limits and nearing the country. It was an approximately 420 square meters, 502 square yards piece of land, surrounded by two meter six five-foot walls for more privacy. The house sat in a far corner of the property, with a good view of the surroundings, 90-95% view of the whole property from the front porch of the house. The region, northern Piranha, where the city lies, resembles southern Missouri or northeastern Kansas, but it's tropical, rather than temperate subtropical. The city is a metropolitan area with a population of 486.0 plus people. It would resemble Wichita, Kansas, or Kansas City, Minnesota. The landscape is fairly flat, with some hills. The scenery has little vegetation, with only some parks and nature preserves, none big enough to have a decent population of any medium-large animal species whatsoever. There are no bears in Brazil, and the largest predators found in the wild are the manned wolf, the southern South American cougar, and the Pantanal jaguar, none of which, really, could be identified as what I saw. My encounter was brief, but it was clear enough for me to make out the shape of the creature, its color, size, etc. So on to the encounter. It was Friday, October 18, 2002. It was mid-spring in the South Hemisphere, and that night there was a full moon with relatively cloudy skies. We had a dozen dogs on the property, which all slept together in a large kennel on the side of the house. They would be pretty quiet at night, but on that night they were unsettled and spooked. One of the dogs managed to escape from the kennel and was desperately trying to get into the house. I was alone with my mom and she asked me to turn on the floodlights outside the house and check out what all of the... what the commotion was about. I did that and went to the front porch to scan the area, trying to see what could have scared the dogs. Staring at the corner, where we had a mango tree, 9,120 meters, 9,830 yards away, I saw this large grayish creature running on all fours, avoiding the lights. It passed behind the mango tree and disappeared in the dark. As I saw it, 
I immediately identified it as being a werewolf, like that from the movie Bad Moon 1996, but with a slightly larger head, thicker snout, and bulkier build. On its hind legs, it must have stood, at the very least, as tall as the property walls, two meters. Or six, five feet, I stand 174 meter. Oh, so I have seven feet, by the way. Froze for a few seconds after seeing it. It was a brief sighting. It lasted two, three seconds. And as soon as I recovered from the shock, I sprinted as fast as I could back into the house, locked all of the doors, and closed the windows that were still open. I was familiarized with werewolf movies back then. I was already aware of the impossibility of there being someone who could shapeshift into a monster, but what I saw was unmistakably similar to a werewolf. So since that encounter I started to believe in werewolves, only under the same concept of dogmen which are natural, rather than supernatural and look the way they do 24-7, a term which I only came across recently. And that is the encounter I had with a dogman. Just like in the United States, where there are places where sightings are frequent, there are places in Brazil where they happen frequently, too. In the U.S., it would be Elkhorn, Taylor, and Marshall, Texas. In Brazil, it would be Joanopolis and Tres Lagoas. Joanopolis has had sightings of werewolves, or dogmen, ever since its foundation. Its first mayor was said to be a werewolf, back in the mid or late 1800s. The town is filled with werewolf references. Tres Lagoas has had many sightings ever since the late 1980s or early 1990s. There was a series of nights in this small city in the 1990s where people claimed that a werewolf was roaming the streets at night after dark, trying to invade houses, climbing on roofs, and howling all night long, scaring people's dogs and attacking livestock. It really scared people. The state police began reinforcing night patrols and started investigating, assuming that someone was out at night in a suit scaring people. Some cryptozoologists even collected DNA samples. As it turned out, it wasn't human DNA or that of any known animal. And it certainly wasn't artificial hair from a suit. 